Hello everyone, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan. And John, you know, it's the reopen out there. We just went through a whole, you know, post Labor Day. There was a sluggishness going on there. We're trying to figure out where the market is. We got the Stanton Hawk team here. We got Wesley Stanton. We got Jordan Hawk from Compass here. They're doing some action. They're doing some deals. Yep. Um, what do you think, John? Well, I'm excited. I mean, it's interesting because coming up to Labor Day, you know, usually it's pretty quiet. This pre-Labor Day in terms of the actives, they were still rolling in. And then Labor Day, we had another big bump. So, you know, I'm glad we have Wesley and Jordan here to kind of walk us through what the heck's going on out there. Right. And that's what I'm hearing from a lot of managers I'm talking about. A lot of exclusives are being signed. So a lot of listings are coming on the market. We now have to shift in the next week or two and see what type of contracts are being signed. Um, but in the meantime, Wesley, Jordan, thank you for joining us. Let's start high level, guys. Uh, you guys have been doing this 15 plus years. How is the market? What's going on out there? People want to know. Yeah, I think uh, it's, a it's a challenging market, right? But it also depends if you're a buyer or a seller. If you're a buyer, clearly this is the best opportunity you've had in, since, since 2008. And if you're a seller, it depends on what you're doing, right? So if you're, if you're buying up, if you are, have a smaller apartment, you're gonna buy a larger apartment, this is 100% the time, the, the, the amount you've lost on that smaller apartment, percentage-wise, the dollar-wise, will be far less than the, the, the gain you're gonna get on that larger asset once the appreciation begins again. And I'm a believer in New York. I think New York is gonna come back. You know, and uh, if you're buying now, well, you know, I love the I love the enthusiasm, man. You you got you got to buy when people when there's blood on the streets. You got to buy. When there's blood on the street, it's the truth. It's the truth. And those people who bought in the bottom of the market in 2008, if you bought six months after Lehman Brothers collapsed, you yeah. made a lot of money. And yeah. I think we're in that same kind of moment right now. Well, there also are, albeit slower, but there are people that are willing to buy in New York City right now, which is a testament to the fact that there are a number of people that do see a future uh, appreciation in real estate in Manhattan right now. Right. Um, so it sounds to me like, Jordan, you were mentioning uh, those sellers that are looking to sell and, and, and buy up. Um, it's interesting. Uh, John, we had Nikki Field on uh, the other, the other uh, week, and she mentioned the exact same phenomenon. And she's pretty big. And she was yeah. saying, listen, if you're a seller and you're looking to buy up right now, the spread differential between where you're selling and then where you're ultimately buying, you're seeing a whole new shift in listing discount. Jordan, is that what you're saying right now, the, the, the luxury sector? That the smart money is on the street and, and they know they know New York is going to come back. Those restaurants are going to open. The, the amenities in New York are shut down right now, right? So there's no, right. so sure, it's more fun to be in, you know, in Westchester, the Hamptons right now, because, you know, you have the amenity of your backyard. But when those restaurants come back and the theater reopens and the museums are back, you know, that, you know, you're not, you, there's not much happening in the Hamptons when, when everything's open in Manhattan. And, right. um, and, and so people know, plus, if you think the commute stunk before, now let's add however many people just purchased in Westchester and good luck getting on that train to New York in 12 months when everything opens and suddenly there's a boost again in the, in the, um, there's a boost in the, in the number of people in Westchester and taking that train in on a Monday morning and your life's going to suck. And suddenly you're going to wish, I wish I didn't buy in Westchester. I wish I didn't buy in Connecticut. I wish I had bought that other apartment in New York when it was at a 15% discount. <laughs> Winter in the city is a lot more palatable than winter in Westchester. 
Right. Wesley, tell me about what you're seeing. Are you seeing the, the spreads and the higher price points? Are they, are they going for a much uh, higher listing discount? Yeah, obviously the higher, higher prices you get, the less buyers there are, whether that be just because there's less buyers or because there's more inventory um, or because buyers are, we're in the Hamptons and hopefully they're slowly coming back right now. It seems like they are. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously the listing discount is going to be on a percentage basis bigger for those higher priced apartments than it would on like a million five apartment where there's far more buyers um, and those buyers are, are more um, aggressive about owning a place right now. Um, it's more of a necessity rather than, you know, uh, do I really need that, that bigger place or do I really right. need that $5 million apartment? Right. With what's going on with new development, with what's going on with just inventory levels at the higher prices and because of the pandemic, you're seeing bigger discounts trading up um, right. you know, and you're getting a lot better opportunity. So while you might take a slight hit, you know, on that 2 million, on that one and a half million dollar property, or even that $3 million property, you're stepping up to that five or six or, or whatever it is, or whatever step up you're making, you're going to, you're, you're just really, first of all, you're really just trading equity. And second of all, you're going to get a better deal at the better price. And when the market comes back, you should benefit more benefit greater. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you this. So, you know, one of the things that we've noticed and we, and exactly what we said is when we segment this market, it's the under 2 million market versus the over 2 million market in terms of sort of the way things, which, which things are moving, which things are lingering a bit. And when we think about why the things over 4 million are, are not really moving, we think, well, the demand is not there simply because as Jordan pointed out earlier, people are in the Hamptons and, you know, they haven't come back yet. So what, in your opinion, what are some of the milestones that these, these sort of luxury buyers are waiting for? Uh, in order to come back so so we've hit a couple of them phase two was a big one right the real estate brokers being able to show was a big one schools coming back or starting to come back is another milestone right um the election is going to be another milestone um people generally just unrelated to the pandemic but any any election season people people hesitate to make big purchases until they find out who wins um, you know, people being back in, in, in restaurants, um, theaters being back. Um, and the biggest one is when are people going to go back to the office? Yeah. Uh, obviously there's going to be more at home working, um, uh, remote working going forward. I don't think it's going to be as pronounced as some people think, um, at least not from the, the, the people that run companies that I've spoken to, but there is going to be more, but there will be people in offices. And once that happens, you know, uh, the city will be back at least in terms of the, the, the people that live here um, so that people can actually physically see the apartments. Right. Do you guys so have a timeline? That I think will happen, um, you know, before transactions come back to 100%. Uh, Wesley or Jordan, do you guys have a timeline for this kind of recovery? You should ask President Trump. Have you spoken to him lately about this, uh, when, this uh, when these vaccines are going to come out? I think, it's, I think it's up to the government and it's going to be up to when this vaccine comes. I think mm -hmm. that's the major, the major one, right? Vaccine comes back and suddenly life's back to normal. And, and now I'm stuck on a train coming from Westchester. And that's right. Well, it's not even the trains, and I can just testify to this because I've been out in Long Island this summer going back to the city here and there, and traffic on 495 Northern State it's out of control at early hours in the morning. It's just people are not even riding the trains, they're riding their cars right now. And it's public transportation. That's another one of those things, Wesley, I think is another milestone. Like once that gets cleaned up, you know, you need a lot of these things. See, it only takes a short amount of time for people to forget. Oh, I'm sorry, Wes. It only takes a short amount of, oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Jordan. 
do. Um, it only takes a short amount of time to figure um, for people to to um, to forget how how rough those commutes were. And I think that's what pushed people into Manhattan to begin with over the 20 years that led. And but people's memories are short. And a lot of the people who have bought these smaller apartments don't remember anymore that the commute used to be brutal. And that's why people were staying and they're going to remember soon. Yeah, I, I think there's so many different elements going on over here. I mean, I think this whole COVID thing was an accelerant. This whole thing accelerated. Anyone that was thinking of potentially selling in the next couple of years, this whole thing just expedited that decision real, real, real quick. So I think all those people that really were thinking about getting out of New York um, made that decision and, and they're probably out already. I think things are starting to slow down a little bit in terms of that desperate seller pool um, or, or, or those getting out for the fear trade, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's not like it was four or five months ago. The people I'm talking to on the market right now are telling me that the sellers are just not fearful. They're not desperate. So now you have non-desperate, non-fearful sellers with opportunistic buyers. And here we are with a big spread. I'd be yeah. interested in seeing what's going to happen with the suburbs in you know six to twelve months with regard to pricing because I do feel like there's going to be you know while there's this shift outside the city I think it's that that pendulum is going to swing back um, you know when it swings back is a different story but you know um, we've been seeing on, on on part of our buyers a lot of enthusiasm to take advantage of the current pricing now not everybody is going to be ridiculously negotiable but mm -hmm. there are deals to be made right now. Um, and a lot of the people we're talking about are people were, who were around in 2008 and hesitated and kicked themselves for it. And they're not, they're not going to miss the boat this time. Is that right. the makeup of the buyers? If you got to describe the makeup of the buyer out there today, the buyer profile, how would you describe that? I, I would say, I say one part about it is, is obviously the people that remember 2008 didn't make a move or did make a move and made a fortune and want to try it again. Um, so that's one part, the people that are very kind of numbers driven, um, that, 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 that are looking to, you know, to kind of get the best value and they're recognizing that this will be the best time, at least in the last 10 years to get a property in Manhattan. Um, you know, uh, the, the next is, as we were talking about before, the people looking to trade up, um, the people that recognize that, you know, I, I need more space. I need outdoor space. I want to move to Brooklyn. I want to move downtown, whatever it is you know, now is the time to take advantage of that, right? Now is the time to, to get that. Mortgage rates are super low. Um, what about investors? You got any investors uh, coming at your door? The we, problem with the investors right now is that the, that the cap rates are, are still so low in Manhattan. It's, and mm -hmm. like there's better investments if you're going down to Florida. So right. I'm, not, I'm not seeing a lot of that. Wes, are you? I mean, I'm seeing a few, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a few, obviously it's a little more difficult to make deals when, you know, um, unless the investor is hyper-focused on New York, right. You know, there's other, there's other deals to be made. Yeah. Um, you know, there's <clears throat> all over the country. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, um, that New York is the only place feeling pain and therefore investors can only focus on New York. Let, let me ask you this. If Pricing has escalated in, in, you know, over the last 20 years. Right. Um, and, you know, we also have a, a slowdown in the rental market. So, which will come back obviously, but it, I, I, but when and how it's hard to kind of price that, that in from an investment standpoint. Right. Unless well, it's just a ridiculously low deal, which as you were saying before, not every seller is really that, is that desperate. 
Right. Let, let, me, let me ask you this. On, on the buy side, if you get a call from a buyer, I mean, maybe you've been working with them past, but they're just kind of calling to, to check out the market and they're, they're interested in certain units. How are you speaking to them in terms of what sort of discount they can expect? Or do you even have that conversation with a buyer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think on the low, it depends on which side of the market we're at, we're at, right? So on the lower end of the market, I think we get eight to 10% discounts right now, you know, under that $2 million mark, as you get closer to 4 million and above, it's closer to 10 to 15%. And the higher you go, the, the, the higher the discount. But like Noah was saying just a minute ago, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the spreads are because we have these sellers that maybe aren't 100% desperate and you have these buyers that are looking for deals. Yeah. But and in all honesty, if you put yourself in the mindset of a buyer right now, I don't think buyers are moving forward unless they feel like they're getting a good deal, unless right. there's a specific personal reason where the money almost doesn't matter. Like I need outdoor space for my family and I don't want to move out of the city. Yeah. You right. know? So like, for example, the Park Slope townhouse market is hot. We have one on right now, you know, and we got 40 people to see it in five days. So, you know, there's, there's a, there, the, the negotiability on, on a Park Slope townhouse is very small right now. Yep. Whereas going to, uh, you know, a $10 million new development property on the Upper East Side, the, 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 the negotiation is going to be sizable. Right. So it just depends on what you're looking at. Let me just jump in there because I think you, you bring up something that's very interesting. And, and, and that is, you know, especially on the buy side, you know, buyers are a, a very much have a herd mentality. And in the old days when you had an open house and you walked in and it's jam packed and it's body to body, you're on the sign up sheet, you, you kind of get the, the visceral sense that, OK, this is a popular place. I need to be a little bit of aggressive. But in this environment, when you're seeing things one at a time and you really have no concept as a buyer of who else is seeing this and what the market is for this in terms of just general uh, attention. How do you generate that sort of um, that that sort of animal instinct in buyers? You know, okay. So, for example, on the townhouse, you know, when we sold it, we we did twenty minute appointments or thirty minute appointments, and you know, people coming. I mean, obviously, everything was socially distant and everything, but when people come, only one person's in the townhouse at, at a time. But people come and they see the person leaving, right? And then they see the next person coming afterwards. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a product that has that traffic and can, and can capture that excitement on the buyers, you know, you can create anxiety and stress and, 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 and urgency on the buyers to be able to put in a good price. But I got even, I have a better idea if you don't have such a great asset like Wes is talking about. Um, I think, I think you just, you just need to be smart and you need to price strategically. You know, that's a relative value compared to your unit compared to the unit next door. And you need to create that, you need to create that, that, that relative value proposition that this is going to be a better unit because you're pricing it better and you're working harder on staging and mm -hmm. you're making the product look better. So you got a better priced unit that looks better and, and hopefully they pull the trigger. It's also about hustle, right? Sellers Calm. also have to look, look, um, look at, the, um, at their competition and take a really good, um, honest approach to how does my property stand out amongst the other things that the few amount of buyers are looking at right now. If it's right. not the best, you're dead in the water. Yeah, right. and I think that's the key. Staging, timing, you know, uh, you know, and exactly what Jordan's speaking about. We put in a lot of effort to, to make sure that our, our properties stand out because right now, the, 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 as, as Jordan would say, the bench is very shallow for most properties. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's an excellent point. If I could sort of use that to, as a transition, 
Can you talk about the new development world? In which case you have a lot of these things which look fantastic, but the developers sometimes are limited into how well they can price relative to their competition. I'm just, what are you seeing out there in the new devs? You know, it depends on their investors. It depends on their cap stack, right? You know, um, if you have a, a product that, you know, your, your, you, you, your release prices are at 1800 a square foot, it's going to be hard to price things under 1800 square foot without getting the bank to agree with you. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of projects that were conceived three or four years ago when 1800 a square foot was a fallback. Now 1800 a square foot is a reality, right? Um, so unless you have a bank or a mez lender who um, doesn't want the property and just wants out of it, um, you might not have the option then to price it higher. Plus also you have developers, they want to make a profit too, and you don't make a profit by, by, by losing money, right? So sometimes they're just, they have time, they're going to wait. So they're not as negotiable. Um, whether that's realistic or not is another, another story. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we just did it, but then there's, there's other developers that, you know, um, either have a low basis or they, you know, just want out. Um, you know, for whatever reason, and they're pricing to the market. You know, we just did a deal um, where, you know, the, the, in terms of what the listed price is to what we negotiate, it's only going to be a six and a half percent discount. But when you factor in a year of common charges that we got, a storage space, all the, the seller concessions that we got, it's probably about a 12 to 13 percent discount on an already very low listed, listed asking price. Right. Beautiful new development, very high end in the meatpacking packing district in the 1700s a square foot. Like that's really low for a new development product there, which, which was selling years ago in the mid 2000s. Yeah. And I imagine this is the kind of environment where the tide goes out and you're kind of going to see which developments um, need to sell, you know, and, and those investors, because I mean, it's, like you said, it's all about the, the, the debt stack um and and the investors back there and 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 the, the the terms of all the of all the construction terms all that kind of stuff i don't understand that whole thing um but all i know is that some developers can handle this and some developers can't and those that can't will lower their price and they'll try to move property look Extel has has years and years and years and years before they have to consider any sort of you know any sort of uh fire sale right they right refinance and do it they have a lot of options and, and related can, uh, related but look, related is also has a has a has a lot of issues in, in Hudson Square, uh, Hudson uh, Hudson Yards, Hudson Yards. Thanks, uh, Hudson Yards right now because of the retail portfolio, right? Yeah. And, and and the condo sales just in general, not related, but you know, in general, new development condo sales weren't doing great before the pandemic. Yeah, so yeah that's while true. They might be more realistic on other projects. You know, they don't necessarily have to be. You know, unless their investor is telling them saying, hey, look, we need to we need to kind of just sell this and get out. Right. Um, All right, guys, we, we have run out of time, but we appreciate your time for being here. Thank you so much. Wesley Stanton, Jordan Hawk, Stanton Hawk team at Compass. I am Noah Rosenblatt. That is John Walkham of Urban Diggs. We are talking Manhattan and we will catch you next time. Take it easy, guys. Take it Thank easy. You. Thanks, guys.